You guys can have a seat. Thank you for being with us today. Those of you that are watching online, thanks for tuning in and, and celebrating with us today. The Spirit of God is in this house. Amen. I stand before you today, a humble man, as I consider everything, all the things that God has been doing in this church for the last 11 and a half years. We're, we're 11 and a half years old. We're, we're almost to the sixth grade. Amen. And so uh, uh, we'll be shaving soon. But for the last 11 and a half years, we have seen so many lives changed through this vehicle called 1910 Church. We have sent hundreds of thousand dollars have been invested in, in the mission field, whether that be here throughout the hill country or, or overseas uh, in, in, in distant lands. We've seen a developing deeper hunger for God in, in, in this house. We, we, we desire more of him now than ever before. Amen? I, I don't want to live on yesterday's manna. I want something fresh. I don't like leftovers. I want it the first time. If it's hot, I want it hot. If it's cold, I want it cold. But I don't want to live on yesterday's manner. I want a fresh anointing. I want a fresh encounter, a fresh experience with the living God. That's what he wants to do. You know that, right? And I think more and more of you are desiring that and longing for that as well. And so today, here's what's going to happen. Today begins what could possibly be the most life-changing series that I have ever preached in 11 and a half years in this house. I'm telling you, it's, it is going to be thick. It's going to be hot and heavy. And, and, and I believe that God is going to show up and do some things that we've never experienced before. He wants to do more in us. He wants to do more through us these next four weeks than we've ever encountered or experienced before. He's poised. I believe God is primed. He's positioned himself in such a way to show us great and mighty things. Are you ready for that? And I say this a lot, but, but I really mean it this time. These next four weeks are not for the faint of heart. This is, this, is, we're, this is the real deal. It's full on. As we, as we embark and enter into this more that God has for us. Um, Easter's coming. And I believe that in order for us to experience an outpouring of the Spirit of God, that there's some prep work that needs to take place. That we, you know, a farmer doesn't just throw seed out on the ground. He, he prepares that soil. Are you with me? And I just believe that there's some cultivation that needs to happen in us. I, I believe that God stands ready to unleash himself in a way that he's never done before in the history of, of creation. But we as his people need to prepare ourselves. You ought to try to do this. It's really difficult sometimes. We need to get ready. So today we launch out a new series entitled Make Room. Make Room. How many of you right now say, you know what? I need to make some room in my life. Come on, anybody, anybody over-scheduled, over-evented out too many deadlines, too many things that you have to take care of. Wouldn't, wouldn't you just like to pull out your, your, your anybody still use a, like a paper calendar or planner? Or come on, come on, old school. That's what I'm talking about, old school, right? It's not dependent on the cell tower, right? You got it right there. You got it right there, moleskin, whatever it is, whatever brand you use. Uh, it's awesome. Um, 
but, but for some of us, wouldn't it be great just to push the delete button maybe on some of the things that we've got scheduled? Some of you right now are already mapped out till 2019, aren't you? Some of you right now, you, you, your, your schedules for this week, you're already dreading it, me just bringing it up and you're thinking about it. You're, you're, you're scheduled out. And, and for some of us today, don't we just need to, to the, the per, we, we, we need permission to make some room, right? So that's what we're going to talk about over these next few weeks, making room. We're going to make room because here's what I believe. When we make room for God, he steps in and fills that space. And for some of us, maybe we're just missing out on all that God has for us because we've not made any room for him. Listen, God's plan and God's desire is that every one of you listening in the house or in your house watching today, God wants every one of you to experience his presence. He wants you to experience everything about him. So the challenge is to what level will we make room and let him in our lives? Come on, somebody. You better talk back to me. I will stay till 530. You'll miss the Oscars tonight, amen? (laughs) This Make Room series is going to deal with what I believe is the most neglected spiritual discipline in our arsenal as believers today. Are you sitting down for this? We're going to talk about fasting over the next four weeks. Some of you are already making plans to go visit another church. I know, next Sunday, right? (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk about the F word, fasting. We're going to talk about fasting over the next four weeks. And if you will stay in there with us, I believe, and as you make room and as we carve out and as we, we prepare and, and position ourselves in such a way, I'm telling you, you will, say will, you will experience God in a way you've never experienced him before. He wants to reveal himself to you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. He wants to reveal himself to you. So today we're going to start in this series entitled, Make room. You know, when you take a look at Western culture, with all the fast food places we have, food on just about every corner, I mean, there's anything that, that we want to eat. I was asking the people before we, 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 we went live with baptism today, I said, hey, who's got lunch plans today? And people telling me where they're eating lunch and all that. I mean, just getting hungry right now thinking about it, right? That Ricola I just sucked down before I came up on stage and cutting it right now. But with fast food options everywhere and the the choices unlimited for us, it's hard for us, even committed Christians, it is difficult for us to consider this discipline, this spiritual discipline of fasting. Now, I call it a spiritual discipline. Spiritual, that's important. Because listen, I I believe that it is of God. And, And I believe that something spiritual happens in us, something changes our spirit man or woman whenever we participate in this. It's a discipline also because, listen, we're going to have to dethrone king's stomach and make room for the king of kings. And as we do that, it's going to require discipline. I, I, I was already talking to somebody who's here every Sunday. He's like, man, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I can handle I can't do this. You know what? You can't. But I want to remind you, the scripture says, I can do all things through Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I can do all things through Christ's history. I just know that when we make room and when we discipline ourselves spiritually and participate in what I believe is one of the classic Christian aspects of our faith, of growing deeper in the faith. Listen, fasting is going to bring us to, to a new position, a new level, a new relationship with our creator God. Fasting is what opens our life up before our holy God. It's when we clear our minds and we seek Christ without the distractions and interruptions of life, of which I know you have none, right? No distractions, no interruptions. 
And so if we're going to talk about fasting for the next four weeks, we probably ought to define it, right? And try to come to an understanding of, of what is fasting. Now listen, there are many misconceptions about, about fasting. And so I, I want to begin first today by, by clarifying what biblical fasting is not. Biblical fasting is not going without food for a period of time. That's called dieting or, or, or starving, right? But, 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 but fasting is, is not that. Nor is fasting done only by people who are fanatics, the uber-spiritual. Fasting is not to be done only by those religious monks that are out in a cave somewhere this morning, right? This, this practice is not, is not limited just to, to ministers, the paid staff. Oh, they're paid to fast on our church staff. It's not just for special occasions. When we talk about biblical fasting, biblical fasting is simply refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. See, some of you refrain from food from a for a physical purpose, but not for a spiritual purpose. Are you with me? So when we begin to talk about this thing called biblical fasting, it's restraining from food for a biblical purpose. You need to know that throughout the Bible, fasting has always been a normal part of a relationship with God. As expressed in, even in the Old Testament, the impassioned plea of David in, in Psalm chapter 42, you, what we see is fasting brings you into a deeper, more intimate and powerful relationship with God. Look what David writes in Psalm 42. He says, as the deer longs for streams of water, I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night, I, I have only tears for food while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, where is this God of yours? What I want you to understand is that fasting brings us into this deeper, more intimate and powerful relationship with God. And when you eliminate food from your diet for a number of days, here's what happens to your spirit. It becomes a little less cluttered. Anybody living any cluttered lives today? And when I carve out time and when I make room and when I say no and, and, and I make room for God, my spiritual life just becomes a little uncluttered by the things of this world. And I become amazingly sensitive to the things of God. That's what David's writing about here. David's fasting and he's longing for more the presence of God. His hunger and his thirst for God here in Psalm 42 were greater than his natural desire for food. And as a result, here's what happened. David reached a place where he could cry out for God. He could cry out from the depths of his spirit to the depths of God in the midst of the trial that he was going through. And I just believe that once you've experienced even a glimpse of that kind of intimacy with, with our God, the countless rewards and blessings that follow, then your whole perspective in life will change. You'll, you'll, you'll soon begin to realize that, that this thing called fasting, it's a special source of power that is available to us, but it's overlooked by many. 
when exercised with a pure heart, when, when we exercise biblical fasting with, with right motives, listen, fasting will provide the key to unlock doors where other keys have failed. When we practice biblical fasting with, with the right heart and the right motive, listen, it, it's, it's like a window opening up to new horizons in, in an unseen world. When you practice biblical fasting with, with, with the right heart and a pure heart and, and a right motive, listen, it's like having a spiritual weapon of God's providing that will pull down the strongholds in your life. I'm telling you, man, this is real deal stuff. I love what St. Thomas Aquinas wrote about fasting. He said, fasting is to be a perfect quieting of all of our impulses, fleshly and spiritual. You see, fasting is not meant to drag us down, but it's meant to still us. For us just to go, shh, and to pause. It's not meant to distract us from, from reality, but rather it's to silence us so that we can hear the things that we need to hear. That we can begin to see things as they truly are. Now, I'm not just making this stuff up and I didn't just say, hey, what can I do to like really just ruffle some feathers for the month of March? March madness. I'm gonna be a madman. What can I do? Let's say, oh, yes, man. When you read scripture, you'll see that even during the years that Jesus walked on this earth, he, he devoted so much of his time to teaching his disciples the principles of the kingdom of God. Principles that, let's just face it, they come in direct conflict, don't they, with the principles that the world is promoting to us. You, you, you know that the things of God and the things of the world stand in opposition to one another, correct? And I love this in the Beatitudes specifically, Matthew chapter 6. Jesus provided a pattern by which each of us is to live as a child of God. And that pattern in Matthew chapter 6 addressed three specific duties of a Christ follower. Those that were baptized today are Christ followers. They have three specific duties that have been assigned to them through Matthew chapter 6. And they're duties of you as well. Giving, praying, and fasting. What? Giving, Praying and fasting. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, if you'll read it, he says when you give. He makes a statement when you pray. He makes a statement of when you fast. He made it clear that fasting, much like giving and praying, was a normal part of a Christian's life. As much attention should be given to fasting as it is to giving and to prayer. And you read throughout Scripture, you find so many great men and women of God throughout Scripture that understood the blessing that comes from this spiritual discipline of fasting. Moses, the lawgiver, understood it. David, the king. Elijah, the prophet. Daniel, the seer. Also great women throughout Scripture. Women like Hannah and, and, and Anna. In the New Testament, we have the example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself as he would teach his disciples, his followers, what it means to fast. It clearly had its place, if you read about the church in Acts, it clearly also had a place in the life of the early church. You see, it was a discipline that was normal part of their life. They practiced it often. 
It was a practice spiritual discipline of our Lord Jesus. There might just be something for us to learn from that, don't you think? Come on, somebody. Hey, listen, if you want to know what kind of life you're supposed to live, just try to mimic and follow the life that Jesus lived. Come on. And if fasting was a big part of it, don't you think it's probably a big part of our lives? I mean, think about it. Did Jesus really have to fast in order to accomplish whatever he wanted to do? He didn't. He's, He's God in the flesh. He could do whatever he wanted to do, right? But yet we find, for him, we find from him, him modeling for us, setting an example, a pattern for us, much like scriptural baptism is. Jesus participated in that very act as well. And we as followers are to follow in those same steps. This thing of spiritual fasting is one as well. I believe that the discipline of fasting releases the anointing, the favor, the blessing of God in a life of his followers. And I don't want you to miss that church. And that's why we're setting out on this incredible journey together. I don't want you to miss the anointing of God. I don't want you to miss the release of his favor or blessings on your life. His words speak to that very truth in in the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. I want to read from the message translation. It says this, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You see, here's the reality of it. God wants to pour out supernatural blessings on our lives. Do you believe that? But they will never be realized if we're not willing to seek him through fasting and prayer. And so here's my question for you today. Are you ready to dive into a deeper pursuit of God? Are you ready to dethrone King's stomach and open your life up to the King of Kings? Telling you it's going to be a ride. It is going to be March madness. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a blessing and anointing and a new favor on your life. If you will make room. And so next Sunday, I'm giving you a heads up right now. Next Sunday could be the lowest attendance on our church calendar this this year. Next Sunday, I'm going to challenge you to what I believe could be the most awesome undertaking you will ever have embarked upon. Next Sunday, I'm going to challenge all of us to a fast. I'm giving you a a week to continue to hit it up at Whataburger or wherever you go. <laughs> you need to know that our ministry team, our, our prayer ministry team, have already started this. They started, this is week two for them. And I'm going to call us next week. We're going to identify what a biblical fast is. I'm going to give you some options and some things to consider. But then I'm going to challenge you to 21 days. As we prepare, as we make room for God. It's interesting, this will lead us up to Easter weekend. And we're preparing ourselves to receive all that God has for us. I want you not to miss it. Listen, this is not about me, but it's about the blessing of a God that is madly in love with you and he wants to rain it down on your life. You up for it? Today, I thought it'd be really good for us Because I want you to begin this week praying and seeking the Lord as to 
what he might be calling you to do. Today, I thought it would be great for us to to share a meal together that we're commanded to. That verse in Matthew 5, 6 says that Jesus is the best meal you'll ever eat, right? We know that there was a meal that Jesus also instituted for us as the church to partake in. It's called the Lord's Supper. It's called Holy Communion or the Holy Eucharist by different churches. Bottom line is this is the Lord's table. His final night with his disciples, Jesus gathered them in a room and after they'd shared a normal meal together, it says that he took a loaf of bread and he broke it and he tore it into pieces. He said, take this and eat. The bread was symbolic of the events that would begin to take place in his life just a few hours later. They didn't know what was going to happen, but he began to share with them that his body would be broken in two. He took a chalice of wine that night and said, this this wine represents my blood that will be shed for you. Scripture says that without the shedding of blood, there is no payment for our sin. Can't you imagine how dazed and confused they were? Why do I need to eat your body? Why do I need to drink your blood? Just do so. And as you do, remember me. As we set out on a journey like never before, today we want to give you an opportunity to to remember the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He he commands us to partake of this, just as he commands us to, to, to follow in the footsteps of this spiritual discipline of fasting. I want us to gather around the table today as as we begin to position ourselves to hear from God. I want us to remember his sacrifice for us. And as we do, I want us to remember that there is a great calling and a plan. There's blessing and favor also that he wants to shower down and rain down on our lives. And as we begin to seek him through this moment, and as it carries out through the week, God's gonna speak to you and show you his desire for your life. And so today, we want you to know that you're invited to the table. This is the Lord's table. It's not 1910's table. This belongs to the Lord. He prepared this for us. On the table, you'll find a piece of bread that's already been broken. We would ask that you pick up a piece of that bread that is symbolic of the broken body of Christ and dip it in one of two urns that we have here. We have a a chalice of wine or a chalice of grape juice. You dip that and you eat it. And you remember your Savior, the sacrifice he made for you. And he's going to be calling us to sacrifice as well. He's going to be calling us to take a, a step and sacrifice for him. This table is available for everyone who has asked Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of their lives. Those who have called upon the name of the Lord and are saved, listen, you belong to him and this meal he provided for you. We have three tables. We have a table in front of each a section. I want to ask you to exit your section this direction and then make your way back down the opposite aisle to your seat when you're finished. I'm going to pray and the table will be open. Father, we want to thank you for your love. You've demonstrated us on the cross. And Father, as we come to the table today, we remember your sacrifice. And Jesus, we thank you for going all the way to the cross and letting your body be broken on our behalf. Jesus, we thank you for the shed blood that you, you, you bled that day, Lord, that cleanses us and washes us, makes us white as snow. 
And Lord, as we come to this table today, we remember your sacrifice. And Lord, we're preparing ourselves to hear from you the sacrifice that you're calling us to make as well. Father, as we come to this moment, we thank you for your love demonstrated to us. And Father, we know that you're calling us to go and do the same to others. And Father, I pray that we would be able to create some space and make some room in our lives for you to encounter and experience your presence in a fresh and new dynamic way. And as we do that, Lord, you are going to reveal more of who you are. The anointing and the blessing and the favor await us. So God, I pray that we would seek you as we make room. Father, as our prayer ministry team come now and join us down front today, I, I know that in a room this size, there are some people that are dealing with some, some issues that just, they need some encouragement. Prayer. Just to know that somebody stands in the gap with them as they, as they face those. And we stand here today, Lord, ready to come alongside and encourage and, and help through, through your spirit, Lord, just speaking into and breathing life into them. Father, I pray we not miss this moment. God, as we leave this place today, we go in your power and in your spirit. And I pray that we would be salt and light, that we would influence our community for you, Lord, and that we would put you on display for others to see, all for your glory. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed.